The morning news starts right now. President Biden right now has made a secret, unscheduled visit to Ukraine's capital of Kyiv. The president arriving there within the last few hours, meeting this morning with President Volodymyr Zelensky just days before the one-year anniversary of Russia's brutal invasion. These photos taken within the last couple of hours. The high-stakes, high-profile trip in many ways is unprecedented. An American president landing in an active war zone where American troops are not fighting. Yeah, not something that we, I think, have ever seen an American president do in history. Of course, many presidents have been to war zones, and typically they'll go to an American military base in that war zone. But President Biden was expected to leave for uh, Europe for the conference uh, today. And then all of a sudden, oh, look, he's in Kiev. <laughs> why don't my cell phones work anymore in Kiev? Yeah, well, that's why. Uh, so they turn everything off. They put a you know massive damper on communications because you don't want this becoming known to the Russians because if it becomes known to the Russians, um, well, you know, who knows what you might have happened, but they have, you know, they have attacked Kiev in the past. You just, you don't know. Better to not trust Putin, right? So he uh, visited Kiev and they put out some uh, video of him talking with President Volodymyr Zelensky earlier. And I don't know if you remember what you said to me, but you said... This is on the one year, like one year ago, uh, when he was talking with President Biden just before the invasion. And I quote, gather the leaders of the world, ask them to support Ukraine. Gather the leaders of the world and ask them to support Ukraine. And you said that you didn't know when we'd be able to speak again. That dark night, one year ago, the world was literally at the time bracing for the fall of Kiev. Seems like a lot longer ago than a year, but think back to that year. Perhaps even the end of Ukraine. You know, one year later, Kiev stands and Ukraine stands. Democracy stands. The Americans stand with you and the world stands with you. Kiev has captured a part of my heart, I must say. You know, and it's kind of interesting to me to hear him outline, I, you know, it's a little bit boring to hear him give all of the specifics, but he's been to Kiev like seven or eight times. You know, as vice president, uh, I think just after he they lost the well, not lost, but you know, um, after the election, after he was no longer going to be president, or uh, you know, after uh, Obama was not going to be president anymore, which I, I guess would be the election lost in 2016. Um, but he's been several times uh, to Kiev. Now, earlier in the morning or evening, there, I guess, uh, he spoke with Zelensky in sort of one of these you know sit down photo op kind of situations. 
and not particularly forceful, even though he was working off of a script and reading from it. I mean, literally, it was on his lap reading from it. Um, some of the stuff that he had to say then. About U.S. support for Ukraine in their war against the brutal attack by Russia. And I was going to be back in Kiev. I was telling the president, one of my number of staff members on the flight from Washington, and Poland uh, asked me how many times I've been to Kiev. And I had to stop and think it's my eighth trip. And much has changed. Much of it is bad with the invasion, but also the Ukrainian people have stepped up in a way that uh, few people ever have in their own defense. And uh, have uh, apparently uh, also embraced the notion of democracy. No longer discussions about whether or not uh, certain privileged people have control. And, uh, you know, and I bring greetings and goodwill from the members of Congress who had a very good impression of when you spoke there last. And uh, for all the disagreement we have in our Congress on some issues, uh, there is a significant agreement on the support for Ukraine. There is significant agreement, of course, not unanimous agreement. You have a small uh, but fairly loud minority of uh, congressmen who are opposing continuing aid to Ukraine, led by Matt. Well, I don't know, led, but you know, certainly represented by Matt Gates, uh, who is pushing against this. I, th- I think he is still very much in the minority on this in terms of support. Uh, the vast majority of the Democrats and the Republicans do believe in continuing to support Ukraine in their war against Russia. And it was very interesting to hear, um, you know, Secretary of State uh, Tony Blinken, Antony Blinken, who, by the way, this is kind of interesting. I didn't realize this until I was doing a little bit of reading on it. His dad was actually the ambassador to, I think it was Hungary at the time when the uh, the accords were signed for Ukraine to give up their nuclear weapons. So this was in 94, if you'll remember, that the uh, Ukrainians, after the fall of the Soviet Empire, still had, you know, a lot of nukes. Um, in fact, they were the number three nuclear power by number of missiles in the world at the time, I believe. And there was this conversation, well, what are you going to do? Well, they wanted to keep them, obviously. You know, keeping nuclear weapons gives you certain advantages, ask North Korea. Uh, but keeping nuclear weapons is a problem for you if you don't know how to operate them or maintain them properly, which was also true. So they were not exactly a nuclear power, you know, they, they, they had possession of but not control of, if that makes sense. You know, if, they, if push had come to shove, were they able to fire them? No. It, or at least that's what we think. Um, you know, but you give resourceful people enough time, maybe they figure stuff out. Or, you know, they get somebody within, you know, for example, at that time, the Russian government to um, give them access. Who knows what can happen? So they and a couple of other countries agreed to give up all their nuclear weapons in exchange for, do you know this? This is kind of an interesting piece of history. I mean, it's recent history, but it hasn't been widely publicized recently, even though it's pretty important. They agreed to give up their nuclear weapons in exchange for a promise. The promise was that they wouldn't get invaded by Russia. (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, their territorial integrity wouldn't be violated by the United States, Russia, and I think it's UK as the third party to that, if I remember correctly. So um, Russia and the US and the UK get them to denuclearize and become, and they become added to the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty. Like, you can't get, you can't become a part of the NPT uh, if you've got nuclear weapons. So they gave up their weapons in order to become 
you know, signatories, basically. The promise was, and we'll protect your borders. And then crime, and we didn't do squat. Right? And that was after, of course, the invasion of Georgia. But, you know, Russia comes and takes Ukraine, and we don't do anything. Not really. And then, of course, we have this, where Russia comes in and takes a massive portion and tries to take the entire country. And we fight back. And basically what you've got here is some people look at this as just an invasion of Ukraine that we're trying to thwart Russia from succeeding in. And that's true. If that's all it were, it would be one thing. And that would be enough. But it's actually the United States following through on a commitment we made that if you give up your nukes, you'll be safe, which turned out not to be true. Not because of anything we did, but still, we were part of the group that signed that treaty and agreed to protect them, or at least agreed that we wouldn't we wouldn't attack them. Of course, Russia's the one who broke that, and here we are. 519 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. And listen, if you're getting ready for that next vehicle, I strongly recommend Frontier Motors. I'll, t- I'll tell you why, okay? Um, it's part selection. It's part price. It's part people. It's part philosophy. And, you know, a lot of it is they just kind of do things in a simple way. Like, for example, you know how sometimes you go to buy a used vehicle, and, and I suppose this could be true of a new vehicle, too, but, you know, anytime you go to buy a car, there's always that feeling of, like, you're the adversary, <laughs> you know, and you're just kind of hoping to get out of there with your skin intact. And a lot of times what happens is, you know, you talk about a price, and then you get down, you get them down to a price that you want, and then you find out, well, there's a whole bunch of other things built into after that, you know. Oh, I forgot to mention to you about the uh, the title, you know, or the tag, or the tax, or the, you know, whatever, the the dealer fee, the dealer fee. You know, like, what is all this nonsense? It doesn't work that way at Frontier. You get a piece of paper. The back of it is a Carfax. The front of it is all of the numbers, and then at the very bottom is the out-the-door price. That's everything included, and that is the only number you ever talk about, meaning whenever you come to the number that you agree about with the car— that's the price, period. There's no changes below that, which is just, it's, it's a small thing, but it's a part of their philosophy of doing business, part of why I love them so much. Frontier Motors, serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. What you've heard about probiotics is probably wrong. I eat yogurt, so I don't need to take a probiotic. Probiotics? They don't really work. It's time to learn the truth about probiotics and join the Align Healthy Gut team up. Align has probiotics to naturally help relieve occasional bloating, gas, and abdominal discomfort. Try Align probiotics for a month and see how great a healthy gut can feel. Get $2 off your first month of Align at AlignProbiotics.com. The best part about taking ZQuil Pure Z's Sleep Plus Next Day Energy at night is actually the next morning. I wake up alert with none of the grogginess from taking too much melatonin. Pure Z Sleep Plus Next Day Energy is a bilayer tablet with immediate release melatonin and extended release B vitamins to help me fall asleep naturally and wake refreshed. It's my secret weapon for a great night's sleep and a great morning. Hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. Can't beat that. Zequel Pure Z's Gummies. Sleep better, wake your best. Hi, this is Todd Thompson, President and CEO of the Greater Pensacola Chamber of Commerce. Tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel for the Chamber Connection Show that will keep you informed on what's going on with your Chamber of Commerce. Tune in at 10 to find out about our upcoming events, all of our different programs, and what's happening with our local business community. It's the Chamber Connection Show every other Monday at 10 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. 
Fox News personality Brian Kilmeade. Afternoons at 11. Before Dave Ramsey on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. That's not your mother, it's a man, baby! Good morning, 522 here on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable, cold. It's cold. It's cold. <laughs> but here, here's the good news. Right now, it's cold. What is it, 50 out, something like that? 51, something like that? Uh, it's going to be like, like 74. 46? Is it going to be 74 later? Yes. Oh, good. We're going to put on 25 pounds today. <laughs> We're going to go. I already have. I'm running scones. Right. Way ahead of you. <laughs> uh, 523 in News Radio 923. David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? The U.S. is providing $100 million in disaster relief aid to Turkey and Syria after those devastating earthquakes that hit the country earlier this month. Uh, that's according to Secretary of State Antony Blinken. He visited some of the hardest-hit areas over the weekend. More than 46,000 people have died. Michigan State University resuming classes today after that deadly mass shooting. School leaders say the rest of the semester is not going to be normal there. MSU Interim President Teresa Woodruff says the school is continuing to hold victims' families in their hearts. And the People's Court is about to be adjourned. The Hollywood Reporter saying that the longtime small claims courtroom series is going to end after its current season. Uh, the program's been on for 39 seasons. Wow. All right. Who Long is the time. current judge? It is uh, Marianne Millian. Million? That's sure. Was yeah, it Judge Wapner? Sure. It, well, Before, it was for a long time, of course. Yeah. But, you it know, was Judge Wapner. It's been a handful of other people, I think, since then. I, I haven't watched the People's Court since Rain Man, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it's been about Got to get home from Wapner. Wapner at 430 or whatever time he has. Uh, David, thanks so much for the update. You know, um, I, I found out, I, I kind of sort of halfway knew that, I, I mean, I knew he was at Michigan State, but I have a, I have a nephew. Uh, it's my stepsister, I don't, I don't talk to her all that often, but you know. I remember you, know, you saying yeah. that you had the temperature. Yeah, and he, um, he goes to Michigan State. Well, I was talking to my, uh, my uh, stepdad uh, the other day, and uh, this is way closer than I realized. So the building where the shooting, yeah. the, the first shooting, he was in class in that room the prior period. Oh, my gosh. And was like 15 minutes ahead of the events. So class dismissed. He leaves. He knew the guy who got killed, um, and then he goes to the student union where, which is a secondary location, yeah. and buys like a you know soda and a sandwich or something and leaves, and was about you know ten minutes ahead there. <sighs> it's just it's and you know I mean the students were all freaked out and they were all sheltering in place and you know it's all the chaos of when you don't know what's going on. Like um, the students were calling in that there were more gunmen on campus. Well, they saw the cops running around with guns and didn't recognize or realize, you know, and like cops would come knocking on the doors and, you know, they didn't know it was the cops, you know, because you're just terrified and they just tell you stay in place, you know, until the all I'm just ugh, horrible. And then, of course, if you're you're in that situation, you have all kinds of, you know, you feel like survivor's guilt is a very common thing. You know, you feel like, why me? Why not? You know, why them? Why not me? All that kind of stuff. And 
you know, just trying to get back to some semblance of, you know, what would normally even look like. It's it's a horrific thing. It really is. 525 here on News Radio 923. Uh, what else do we have going on? A lot of stuff over the weekend. Oh, the Mardi Gras parade was fantastic. Huge. Huge Mardi Gras parade. Really, really big. It was a whole lot of fun. Um there it, it was it was a dumpster fire though. Excuse me? No, there really was a dumpster fire. Oh. <laughs> I was like, dude, what? <laughs> I, I didn't. Well, I, I got. I got there after it had already been taken care of. But it was kind of funny because I. I walk up to the front and I'm just talking with like you know the chief of police and uh, Captain Hobbs and the sheriff and right, a right. couple of county commissioners and and I, I see Danny Zimmer and you know of, of course, course it's, yeah. you know, Mr. Mardi Gras. Mr. Mardi Gras. That's right. And I you know and I go to shake his hand and he won't shake my hand and I see his <gasps> his hands all bloody, and and he had like injured himself on the fire truck that DC Reeves was riding on. You know, somehow or other. And oh so my he's gosh. so he's bleeding, trying to get the Mardi Gras parade going. And then I'm talking to some of the PPD guys and they're like, Yeah, it's a dumpster fire. I'm like, What do you mean? It's like, no, right over there there, <laughs> there was a dumpster fire early, like we got a call. The dumpster's on fire. I'm like, Oh, this is a party. <laughs> oh my go. gosh, man. <laughs> so well, Danny's turning- fine. You know, Good. no big deal. Just, you know, in, in, at any cost, Danny Zimmer needs to be fine uh, so he can do this again next that's, year. That's ex- no offense, that's Danny, and exactly. we love you and worry about your hand, but no. And it was ah. a uh, it was a big parade. It was packed downtown, and I did discover quite to my irritation that you know how the city of Pensacola has been um, gradually expanding its parking pay for parking footprint. Good. You know, we got the app pay, and now you got the tax sure, pay, and all that sure. kind of stuff. Um, you know, the lot down by the um, uh, by the not by, it's by the port, but by the um, the ferries. The huge lot that's just north of the ferry terminal. Yeah. That's like that. I mean, that's the I've lot. I've never like, been to it, but yeah, I know. But the one where um, uh, New World Landing is is, mm-hmm. is 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 nearby, and then you go like one street over where they want to make this, pickleball and yeah, yeah. Well, the ports that that's a little bit farther over, but in between there, there's this huge parking lot that's oh. always been free. Yes, okay? yes, yes. Always yeah, by free. New World Landing, right, right. Now right. it has signs up. No. Yeah, there's parking signs in there. You and, greedy so and so, and they're very <laughs> son of a gun. They're very confusing. I actually took a picture because I sat there. You know, first of all, look, I don't, I do not pay for parking on principle. Um, no, I park I hear where it's free. Pe- I'm the period. worst, dude. I will walk too much. Oh, yeah, I will. I will yeah. absolutely. I hate paying for parking. <laughs> I know. We work in radio. Um, and so <laughs> we have to be at everything. The sign says zone 94, pay to park, pay by app only. So it doesn't even have, you know, kiosk right. or whatever. Right. And then it says 8 p.m. to 6 a.m., Thursday, Friday, Saturday through Sunday a.m. So that's the weekend parking, obviously. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure <sighs> out. Okay, it's like, Who you know, it's, it's like one o'clock. The city does. It's a city lot. No. And so, because all the lots that the city owns are the teal signs versus the private lots are the red signs. Okay, that's kind of the way that you can always tell which is which. Um, but I'm like, okay, 8 p.m. <laughs> to 6 a.m. This is, let's see, it's 1230, 1 o'clock. Okay, I don't have to pay. And then it says, through Sunday a.m. Well, <laughs> what? Am I in this? Am I not in this? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm trying to do calculus here to figure out. And it turns out you're not. It's the at night parking only. They want to. Oh. They want to like. I guess for people who are partying overnight is the idea. They want to make it so that when there's events at night, that people pay to park. That's when the demand is for that particular lot. I'm like, really? Is that lot busy at night? I don't know. It was just weird. Uh, you know, anyway, it's not so. even busy when we have stuff at New World. Landing. I know. That's yeah. what I thought. Is I don't ever. I mean, sometimes it's a little bit full, but you can always find a parking space there. You know. Anyway, so whatever. I don't have power over this. Pray for patience <laughs> for the things. Um, oh, did drive the new bridge finally? Isn't it great? It's yeah. You know what the weirdest thing is when you're going to Gulf Breeze. The comeback is not that weird. The going to Gulf Breeze is weird because it's only two lanes of traffic and 
the others mm-hmm. aren't going. So you're like just two on that bridge. And they've already taken up the yellow stripes on the other. Like there's there's two double yellow stripes, right, on either side of the middle median lane. And they've already removed the far one, okay, which will be eventually they're going to restripe all of it, okay? Mm-hmm. But they've already removed those. They've removed the, the uh, orange pylons on that side. And everybody was going the speed limit. Wow. I mean, really close to it. Sure. 550 or under. Yeah, right. Write that down. That's a lie. No, it was true. And I I thought, you know, look, one week of good, solid, visible, aggressive enforcement. Hey, that's true. will do what they're supposed to do. (laughs) David Wayne's got your local news coming up next, right after Fox. This is a Fox News alert. I'm Ann Carrick. President Biden makes a surprise trip to Kiev, meeting with President Zelensky. For all the disagreement we have in our Congress on some issues, uh, there is a significant agreement on support for Ukraine. The president's arrival in Ukraine comes a day before Russian President Vladimir Putin is expected to make a major address, setting out Russia's aim for the second year of the invasion, launched on February 24th last year. Fox's Peter Ducey. He did say they're going to get at least a half a billion more dollars in uh, security assistance. The aid package for Ukraine includes some much-needed ammunition. Following two more North Korean missile tests, Japan's calling for an urgent meeting of the UN Security Council. Even if it does meet, the council may not take action. Last year, China and Russia blocked a US-led attempt to hit North Korea with more sanctions. Fox's Jonathan Savage, America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 News Radio 923. I'm David Wayne. It is partly cloudy, 52 right now in Pensacola. An investigation underway after an inmate was found with serious injuries at the Century Correctional Institution. The nature of those injuries has not been disclosed. The inmate was flown to a local hospital, though. Florida Department of Corrections leading that investigation. A local teenager taken to the hospital this weekend after being hit by a car on Saturday happened at Wild Lake Boulevard and Pine Forest Road. FHP says the girl was trying to cross the road, walked in front of the Hyundai SUV. Some witnesses tell troopers that the girl and the driver's vision may have both been blocked by backed-up traffic. The girl's injuries are described as serious, but not life-threatening. Hundreds of local families got a helping hand at the Jubilee Church and FarmShare food giveaway over the weekend. FarmShare says they were able to give away 35,000 pounds of food to families in need here in our area. More than 750 families were able to get to get some food from that event. It was held at Jubilee Church on North W Street on Saturday. Two Clearwater fire and rescue medics have been suspended after falsely declaring a man dead. This all happened last week. Medics uh, mistakenly thought a 65-year-old man had died after they'd left. A uh, deputy there in Pinellas County found the man was still breathing. Had to call for the medics to come back. This time, uh, medics from a different fire and rescue rescue station in uh, Largo showed up and they confirmed the man was still alive and took him to the hospital. Right now, there's no word on that man's condition. A decades-long search to find a missing Auburn University student is over. The Troop County Sheriff's Office in Georgia got word yesterday that remains were found just over a year ago in Alabama that have been positively identified as uh, the Auburn student, Kyle Klinkscales. Uh, The Auburn student disappeared back in 1976. It's 5.33 at News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 weather. 
This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. Nice day out there today with temperatures warming up in the afternoon near 73 degrees under mostly sunny skies. Overnight tonight, temperatures staying warm in the 60s, low near 63. For Tuesday, nice day again with a small chance of a stray shower. Overall rain chance at 10% with a high Tuesday near 76 degrees. Tuesday night near 66 degrees. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. And right now, 52, partly cloudy in Pensacola. Our next news at 6, breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3. What is News Radio 92.3? Informative, local, and dependable news from WEAR-TV and the News Radio News Team. Informative, local, and dependable talk with Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, and Bobby Rossi. Informative, local, and dependable traffic with traffic on the fives during your morning and afternoon drive. Informative, local, and dependable weather. Informative, local, and dependable coverage of breaking news and when disasters strike. That's what News Radio 923 is. Informative, local, dependable. The cooler weather in Pensacola is a great time of the year for gardening, whether it's planting roses, planting shrubs and trees and cool weather color, and of course, planning for spring. This is Mike Wiggins. If you've got gardening questions, we've got answers on the News Radio Garden Line every Tuesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. And if you miss us on Tuesdays, then catch the Encore Edition every Saturday morning at 9. Sponsored by Pensacola Hardware, Blue Sky Landscaping, and Barnes Feed Store. As a small business owner, what keeps you up at night? Just knowing if your email got hacked or your phone system went down, it could cost you thousands in revenue as well as your reputation. That's where Data Revolution comes in with their unique position to take care of you and your business IT support, phone systems, cybersecurity, and more. Secure it and sleep better at night by going to datarevs.com. Winner of the 2021 Best of the Bay for IT support. Datarevs.com. Pensacola right now with Bobby Rossi. Afternoons 4 to 7. After Dave Ramsey on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. you an item which the board voted on back on October 6th during the board meeting. Uh, by a majority, the board voted on October the 6th to pay $6,960.02 for various expenses related to Matthew Silover's FDOH administrative proceedings. That payment has not successfully processed through the clerk's office. The clerk's office and I, of course, I'm not speaking for her, but I believe that they had some concerns about the authority to allow for the payment to be processed. There has been a conversation exploring the idea of getting an attorney general's opinion. So what you've got here, this is a pretty complicated story, and it's not one, frankly, that I had followed all of that closely at the time. I kind of knew what was going on, but it just was one I didn't get into a lot because it seemed like a lot of very difficult to figure out who was telling the truth 
about it. But the short version of all this is that you had this uh, paramedic uh, with the Scambia County EMS where between July of 2018 and July of uh, and March of 19, uh, PNJ always doing good reporting on these kinds of stories, um, had basically been accused of violating protocol and dispensing some uh, drugs that were, you know, not the standard regimen for what you do in the field. And that's, you know, the paramedics are there to be able to be mobile doctors, right? And as a result of that, the allegations are that two of the five cases were something outside of what's supposed to happen happened, uh, where two of those people died. Okay. And so at the time, uh, Dr. Amy Adler, who was the, um, you know, the medical director for the state, that means she's or for the county. She's the doctor under whose authority anybody operates within EMS. And, um, you know, she was sort of preparing to file this complaint about him. And right before she filed that complaint, he and some others filed harassment claims against her, saying that she was harassing them. Now, either she was harassing them and they figured that out and filed that appropriately, or they or he were doing things they shouldn't have been doing, and she was getting ready to discipline them and or terminate them, and they thought, well, the best way to fight that is to say she's harassing us, right? I mean, you know, again, there's a lot of kind of who are you going to believe in this case? Well, in any case, um, I guess, you know, he feels like he's not being treated fairly. He comes kind of gets the ear of Commissioner Jeff Bergosh, and Jeff Bergosh starts championing his cause. And even to the point where, you know, Jeff had kind of made these claims that uh, he was right and we were wrong. And he's repeatedly said that the county was wrong in the way it handled this case and the way it handled him. And, you know, even to the point where it looks like the sort of legal case that he would have had against the county was bolstered by the fact that you have a county commissioner saying he's in the right. So the county commissioner is hurting the cause of the, of the county, is, you know, kind of generally. The case. Because, I mean, I don't think Jeff is trying to hurt the county. I think Jeff believes that the guy is right. But as a result of some of the things that he says, winds up hurting the case of the county and setting him up to be able to sue us effectively. And then as a result of all of that, you know, there's a payment to him and there's compensation to him. And he winds up getting to keep his paramedics license, at least for now, I believe is the case. And uh, then the, but the, and we pay him you know, a lot. And then the last lingering thing here was this uh, sixty nine hundred dollars or whatever that were fees associated with the specific violations from um, the Florida Department of Health. So there's actual you know, there's fees that he's paying related to that. Uh, I don't think there's ever an official like admission of guilt, or maybe there is. I don't. Again, some of the details, and I apologize. I'd like to be able to give you a, a tighter version of this, but that's not what's relevant so much for all of this. Okay, that's I'm just kind of giving you the basic background in case you're not all that familiar with the case. Um, so the reason this came up is because they wanted to pay out of his discretionary money, which is still county money. Okay, Jeff Bergash's discretionary fund is still county money. It still has to go for a public purpose. He can't just spend it on anything he wants to spend it on. And he wanted to pay this guy's fees, the sort of penalties for the breaking of the protocol or whatever. And $6,900. And the board had voted prior to the election, had voted three to one to uh, approve that. Commissioner Bender voted no. Commissioner Underhill wasn't there. Even if Commissioner Underhill had been there, he certainly would have voted no. It would have been a three two. Wouldn't have mattered one way or the other. Now, Pam Childers, the clerk of the court and the comptroller, is saying, I'm not going to pay this. This is an inappropriate expenditure of public funds. How does the county benefit from this? Why should the county have to pay for his violations? Right? He 
did something wrong, and not not just like the lawsuit over the HR or any of that kind of stuff, but the violation specifically, why should the county be paying for that? That doesn't make any sense. And Jeff Bergash says, well, it's not up to you to decide what we pay. It's up to us to decide what we pay, and we voted three to one. You have to pay. This is an item I brought. It's an item for my discretionary fund. Um, it's an item that I'm comfortable with is completely legal. The board made a finding that it serves a public purpose. We're a non-charter county. We have a lot of home rule authority. Um, and I, I certainly am disappointed that this wasn't paid. And so he's basically saying, look, she's supposed to pay. It's legal. It's an allowed expense. The county attorney signed off on it. And so what are you holding it up for that you don't have authority to thwart us in doing what we vote to do? You know, not on a routine basis, but not infrequently has paid these sorts of things on behalf of the county. So paying it on behalf of a, an employee, according to our attorney, um, certainly looks as as though it's legal and appropriate. And so he's saying, well, you're supposed to pay. You know, what's the deal? How do we get her to pay? This is him talking to Allison Rogers, the county attorney. Madam Council, what, what do we need to do to get this off of dead center? I mean, you, you're, it's on the agenda. What authority, what motion do I need to make to move this uh, forward so that we can make sure that this is paid, this appropriate uh, item? The board can certainly direct that legal action be taken. I don't have the authority to do that without board action. Mm -hmm. The board can decide to reconsider its decision from October the 6th. The board could ask that, I mean, I'm more than willing to attempt further conversations with Mr. Lee and the clerk's office if they're open to that. So she's, again, just kind of giving them their options. You know, you could change your mind. You could vote to try to take legal action, you try to force the court to... Uh, I force uh, the clerk of the court, uh, Pam Childers, to pay. This board considered the item. We duly considered it thoughtfully, and we voted to move it forward. We affirmatively voted to move it forward. This government will come to a, it'll come to a grinding halt if we don't stay in our lanes and do our jobs. We put it forward. It's lawful. It needs to be paid. I mean, I know there are other issues swirling, but we, you know, we need to look at this. So you've got kind of two questions here. Question number one is, should the county have paid or agreed to pay the 6900 in the first place? Question number two is, now that the county has decided to pay that, should Pam Childers withhold that payment? And then number three would be, should the county try to force her to pay, even though she says it's not really a county expense? And here's where things get kind of interesting, because Mike Kohler, who is the only real you know, medical professional up there, is a former nurse. I wasn't here for that vote, and um, I spent a lot of time like reviewing this last night. Mm-hmm. I'm the only licensed nurse up here. I went to the FDOH site last night. This, I want to protect the power of the board. I agree with that. But I respectfully believe that the board made a very bad decision, and I'll tell you why. So he's looking at the case, and he says, what in the <laughs> – why are we paying this? The administrative complaints in there running two different medical clinics are very serious. Any – I don't know who Dr. Elders was. Um, I don't know who the paramedic is, but they're very concerning. But what's more concerning is that as a board – this Matt Selver signed the stipulation that he would agree to all this, which was reviewed by the medical doctor for the state of Florida, the Surgeon General. I don't know why we would have got involved in that as a board. That's my concern. I think that we overstepped our boundaries with this. Like, what are we doing here? Why are we participating in this, basically taking the clerk's side, even though he recognizes it's not a great idea for the clerk to be deciding what we do and don't pay as a board, but he's saying, yeah, we shouldn't be paying this. I don't agree with the clerk, not 
uh, paying the board, but I don't think the board should be in, in the business of overseeing um, the FDOH. That's my opinion. And so, of course, Bergash, who again has kind of been the champion of Matt Sullivan and this case the whole time. It, if I might just sure. add something onto that, there was a process. This individual was, was accused. There were allegations. And it was ugly, and it was continuing, and his due process rights were violated. It was a horrible situation, and it put the board in a terrible place. Um, our own processes in HR were not followed. Um, a lot of allegations were made, and there was a lot of reasons why they were. I would say for every allegation that was made, each and every one of them was refuted by a, a medical director, the former medical director of the county. One by one, they were refuted. I would say this, Mike. Um, if he was really Jack the Ripper out there, they never ever would have made a settlement with him where he walked right out of that office with his paramedics license and continued his career. They wouldn't have done it. He didn't admit to anything. The only thing he did was he saved this board and these taxpayers potentially tens of thousands of dollars because he was going to fight this. He was going to take it all the way. And I believe he was going to be successful. And this has kind of been Jeff's argument is, look, you know, he could have sued us for a lot more. And instead of us just paying, uh, I think it's like, Two hundred thousand dollars in one case, and uh, some let me in the fifty thousand dollar range for legal fees to defend these guys in another case. Um, you know, could have been a lot worse. But again, keep in mind, part of the reason they had such a strong legal case was because of the comments that Jeff himself had made publicly. And so, you know, who's really responsible? And did they did he do us a favor by not suing us for more? Well, this kind of goes back and forth, you know, where they're talking about, um, you know, who should have paid. Was it right? Jeff is trying to get past that and say this is not about the original case. This is really just about making the clerk do her job and pay. And Mike Kohler's like, look, I, I just I cannot sign off on this as a medical guy. The thing is, you can't. I've been in the medical business for years. All you have to do is go look at the FDOH website tonight. Mm-hmm. There is a process in these. I've, I've had over 400 licensed professionals. If I was to support this, I'd be tarred and feathered by the medical community. This is such a breach of overreach for this board. I don't agree with the payment. That's fine. I just That's all can't we're talking get, about. Well, I can't get there because I didn't vote for that, though. You can't hold me accountable for something that I wouldn't agree to to say that I should pay for it. You see my, my position? If it was something different, but uh, no, this is this is too much for me, based on what the FDOH and the state surgeon general okay. put out. And here's where it gets just a little bit more interesting. Again, you know, he's saying there's no way we should have been paying for this in the first place. And Robert Bender, again, who had voted against the payment, the 6900. Mike, I voted against it, and if you'd been here, it would have been a three-two vote. Sounds like against, but but well, I'm, I'm telling you, right? Because Doug wasn't here. So it was a 3-1 vote, and, and I dissented. Um, but I lost, right? I mean, I, I voted for the reason I did, because of, of uh, you know, we had already settled the $200,000, he signed a release, all that stuff. But when I lost that, then the, the board's direction was, was to pay it. And so um, I, I'm going to support this motion because on that premise, uh, not because I, I agree with, uh, you know, with the way you're, I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but um, I, I think it, it, once the board takes direction, then, then that's the direction the board's decided on. So. so he's saying, look, I disagree with the decision, but we have to have our power protected. 
You know, we can't have Pam Childers saying no just because she disagrees, which is not why, you know, she would not say it's just because I disagree. Like, she's not the sixth vote on the county commission. She would say it's because it's not serving a public purpose. It's not a legitimate thing. It's, you know, a, a guy is um, on the job driving and he speeds and he gets a ticket. Does the county pay for that? Well, no. <laughs> I mean, not typically. And it's not exactly the same, but that's kind of the concept here is, you know, he and, and this, you know, much more serious in this case because you're talking about, you know, again, alleged breach of protocol, um, you know, and, you know, some very serious consequences uh, as a result of that. Again, you know, that's kind of the we're not talking about a speeding thing. We're talking about something very, very serious. And Jeff Bergash says, well, I want a forced payment. So what exactly are you asking Jeff for Allison to do? Well, the motion that I made was to allow our attorney uh, whatever she needed to do in order to compel the payment of the charge that we <clears throat> voted for. Is, is that about it? I'm translating that to mean that a writ of we, mandamus. we have the right to file a pleading in a court of appropriate jurisdiction. That's what I read that as. Okay. So he says, yeah, let's, uh, we're going to do this. Oh, so, so, Jeff, Robert, what, what are we willing to spend on this then? Which is a fair question because you've already got, a, you know, what, $250,000 into this already plus this amount of money. How much are we willing to spend on court fees and attorneys to try to get Pam Childers to pay the bill? And, you know, if we're paying outside counsel to handle this, now we're starting to take up more money in order to compel the payment of a fairly small amount of money, $7,000. Nothing. In-house. You can do this. Not a penny. He's telling Allison to handle it herself. Okay, the minimal then. That, that's what. That's what all. You know, we're, no, no, we're not hiring lawyers to do this. We already, we're already paying them. Okay, thanks. And then the item passes four to one with Kohler in dissent. Oh, so here's kind of my takeaway of this, and I just wanted to bring this up because it was a, it's a big contentious issue with a long, complicated past, and you're likely going to see this play out a little bit in the courts again. It looks like, um, if the county commission decides to vote for an illegitimate, like. They're not supposed to be spending money on that. The clerk of the court is supposed to be the final check on that. Okay? This has come up periodically in Santa Rosa County as well. You know, there's a reason you have a comptroller or clerk of the court there as the last check and be like, no, I'm not signing this check. Okay? They're supposed to be the last check on the uh, out-of-control power of the executive or both legislative and executive branch, um, which is sitting in the county commission. But what the clerk of the court is not supposed to do is say no to checks that, she, you know, she just doesn't agree with the idea. It wouldn't have voted for it. Okay. And so the question here is whether this is a legitimate expense with which she simply disagrees or whether this is an illegitimate expense with which she's supposed to say no. And you have the underlying complicating factor of, you know, the one medical professional on the county commission board says, what in the world are we doing? <laughs> you know? And so... Everybody's got a little bit of the right here, a little bit, okay, because it, the board shouldn't be having its power thwarted, but if the thing they're trying to do is illegitimate, you know, they're buying birthday gifts for people <laughs> just for cuz, right, then the clerk is supposed to say no to that. And so the real question here is, uh, you know, is this a legitimate or not a legitimate expense? And, you know, the fact that it's discretionary money doesn't really matter because it's still public money. Anyway, I just I just kind of wanted to give you the backdrop on that because you may hear this come up again. Uh, it's a complicated story. And again, I have not been following this heavily from the beginning, but I wanted to tell it to you because um, it does raise some very interesting questions. And of course, the backdrop here is that you have ongoing fighting between Pam Childers and the county commission over a variety of things, most 
the highest fight right now is over the 401A, the retirement plan, and whether that's legal for them to be paid into their retirement accounts the way they have been. 5.53 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. And, um, you know, hey, if you are getting ready to think about getting that big, green, luscious lawn in the summer, well, now, <laughs> now is the time you start thinking about that, not two or three months from now. Okay, if you want that beautiful lawn in the summer, you call NSEC today. They've got a healthy lawn program that'll make your lawn healthy, lush, and keep weeds to a minimum. They provide eight annual applications that are timed, programmed, and targeted to get your lawn what it needs when it needs it. It's easy to get started with a free lawn analysis and an estimate. You know, that's have them take a look and tell you what it's going to cost. Your initial soil sample will indicate any amendments that are needed and will create a plan for your specific lawn success. You get fertilizer applications with each standard service. That's along with seasonal pre-emergent weed control, broad lead and grassy um, uh, weed control, insect control, and fungicide applications. Uh, in addition... You get NSEC's Healthy Lawn Program. They offer aeration, sod, and plugging, and we'll even recommend the grass types. You can sign up today and get your first lawn application free with any new annual lawn program, and that includes initial soil sample and lime treatment on an average size lot. Also, NSEC is hiring full-time pest and lawn techs in Pensacola, Mobile, Baldwin County, and Panama City. Great paying benefits, 401k health insurance. It's a career, not just a job. Opportunities for growth. You can apply online for NSEC at workwithensec.com. This morning at 1030 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Get better health with scientifically proven technology that's not going to the gym. Diet supplements, pharmaceuticals, or medical treatment. Hear how OsteoStrong helps many improve bone density, posture, balance, athletic performance, and less joint and back pain. Find out more this morning at 1030 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Mom, can we have some ice cream? I've got a better idea. Who wants to help me make something fun and healthy instead? Me! me. Eating smarter is easy and delicious. Interested in receiving healthy recipes and a whole lot more in your email? Then register at healthiestweightfl.com and learn more about all the small steps that you can take on the way to living healthy. This message is sponsored by the Ounce of Prevention Fund of Florida, the Florida Department of Health, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. You know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune in to What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair of Swan Capital, Saturdays at 1, to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do all the things you've dreamt about doing in retirement. Don't miss What Your Money Would Say with Andrew McNair, Saturdays at 1. Firm offers insurance services, advisory services offered through Swan Capital, LLC. Serving overseas was just the beginning. We might be home from war, but our mission continues in communities all across the country. It's why we're out there in times of peace and crisis, providing meals to the hungry and supplies to the sick. It's why we're giving strength to those who are too weak and bringing resources to those without them. Service doesn't stop when we're done serving. It's what makes us the VFW. Learn more at VFW.org. Stream us online at newsradio923.com or download the News Radio Pensacola app. Let us hurry. There's nothing to fear here. That's what scares me.
lots of words. 557 on News Radio 923. Throw me the idol, I throw you the whip. <laughs> David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David? Well, President Biden making a surprise visit to Ukraine today. Of course, it's just a few days ahead of the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion. He met with President Volodymyr Zelensky for uh, talks and also announced another half billion dollars in aid. One person has died. Four people were hurt in a shooting at a Mardi Gras parade in New Orleans on Sunday. Uh, This happened during the crew of Bacchus parade there, leaving a young girl, a woman, and three men shot. One of those men died from his injuries. Police did uh, make an arrest. One suspect was in custody. And the Georgia church where Jimmy Carter has attended and taught, uh, now asking for prayers for the former president. It was announced over the weekend that uh, Carter is going to be spending his remaining time at home with his family under hospice care. Yeah, very sad news, obviously, to learn about the president. Uh, He's 98. I mean, you know. Yeah. That's that's a long life. That, absolutely. 558 on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. Uh, what else do we have going on? Um, oh, th- just for those of you who are in the military, this is uh, particularly if you're in the Navy, this is going to be one of those I told you so, so sort of not I told you so, but I mean like people will have that reaction to the story is that the Navy has now lifted the COVID-19 vaccine requirement for being deployed. Remember how a lot of this stuff has been rolled back on, you know, having to get the vaccine. And then the real question is, well, would they allow people who were dismissed from the service back in who were dismissed under their refusal to get the COVID-19 vaccine? Uh, So far, it looks like no on that. But um, there is, you know, maybe there's a possibility, you know, maybe Um, there's also a part of this that says that if the host nation that you're going to be visiting or going into requires you to certify that the unit is 100% vaccinated that, um, or that you've tested negative, there might be some element of that involved, but basically, um, you know, people who are going to be deployed in the Navy no longer are required. It's not a, it's not a condition required, uh, uh, consideration for assessing individual service members, suitability for deployment or other operational missions is what the Navy said on Thursday, is whether you've gotten a COVID-19 vaccination. So there you go for the Navy. We'll be back in a minute. Stream us at newsradio92.3.com. News Radio 92.3.